He just went around and he shared a little bit. And I said, you've only known the Lord for about a year and a half? And he said, yeah. And I said, you're already doing things that I wasn't doing after knowing the Lord for many years. What's going on here? So I asked him if he would just share a little bit of what the Lord is stirring in his heart. And what I hope this does in you, just like when you hear the girls saying, we're going after it in healing, that you're doing that. That wherever you are, wherever God puts you, that that's what you do. It's not primarily meant for the church. It's not primarily meant for altar calls after church, although that's a wonderful place to practice. It's meant for out there. The Spirit takes you out there. So, Tyler, how long how long have you known the Lord now? I'm um, a year and a half years old. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and has the Lord spoken anything to you in, in that time? or A little bit. A little bit. What has he said? Um, basically, what he's told me is to get out of my comfort zone, and um, which I did, and um, and um, then he showed up. And uh, so, about last year, I, you know, I a year and a half ago, I gave my life to Christ. I was going to go to St. Cloud State. I was like, I can't go there because that's a, that's just not good for me. And so I was like, let's go to North Central University. So I started going to North Central. Yes, yes. Um, very nice. Um, anyways, so I get there, and I start going on the evangelism team. And I was really scared. And it's randomly talking to some people. Like, I get, like, a lot of people ask me if I'm gay a lot. Um, especially if you talk to dudes over there, they go, I'm not gay, dude. But um, neither am I. But um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. But um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm just doing this thing, and this summer, I'm just looking into all this healing stuff. I was like, it says in the Bible we can heal people, but I don't really see it that much around here or anywhere. So I'm like. I bought some books, and I was reading this one book, and my brother was over, and he, he wasn't a Christian at the time. Either it was my cousin, but they're both over, and we're told him, if you come over, we're going to pray. And I'm reading this book about healing. All of a sudden, I'm like, pow! I was like, whew, Holy Spirit. And, and I'm like, dudes, let's, let's get together right now and let's pray. And uh, <laughs> my brother has polycystic kidney disease, had polycystic kidney disease. And... um which is deadly. He'll, he would have been dead in five years. And <laughs> we're like, dude, let's pray for your kidneys. And so we put our hands on his kidneys, and he's sitting there. He's like, oh, oh my gosh. And we let go. We let go. And he's like, look, what's going on, dude? What's going on? He's like, dude, they're on fire right now. They're on fire. <laughs> and, and he's like, dude, I can't feel them anymore because they're so swollen that he could actually feel them by pushing on his stomach. He couldn't feel them anymore, and he was healed. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so we're like, okay, this isn't the end of it. This isn't the end of it. Me and my roommate were just like so stoked about this. And the very next night, my cousin was healed on the way here. No, here, right there. He was healed right there, and he was healed. He had a he couldn't hear out of his right ear and. He was healed. And since this is last summer, this last summer, like midway through the summer, since then there's been around 30 to 40 he- different healings. And it's just... Is he, old, is he old enough in the Lord for that to happen? I mean, only a year and a half. I, I thought you had to be older than that for, for that kind of thing to happen. No. 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 One, day. One, day. One day. One day. One day. Um. I'll just share some recent stories. Uh, um, a couple weeks ago uh, at chapel at my school, uh, they invited people up who thought they were comfortable in healing. I was like, I'm pretty comfortable with that. So I walked up front. I was like, okay, Lord, send me someone. And this girl came up to me, and she just looked like she wasn't doing very good. And I was like, what's up? What do you need prayer for? And she's like, she's like, well... About a year and a half ago, I got thrown off my horse and 
knocked my lips out of my my lips out of high, my my hips out of alignment, and um, one of one of her legs was shorter than the other. I was like, one of your legs is shorter than the other. She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, and so I sat her down on the altar, and I picked up her legs, and one of them was about an inch and a half shorter. I was just comparing him. I was like, all right, are you ready for this? <laughs> she goes, yeah. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, grow. Tell this leg to grow. I'm holding him, and her leg is moving, and it goes right up line with the other leg. I'm like, okay, either her shoe is slipping off or her leg is growing right here. <laughs> and, yeah. And so she gets up. It's like, test it out. Test it out. What's going on? And she's like, oh my gosh. It's, I haven't been able to do this in a year and a half. And I was like, you just got to heal, girl. And it's, it's just amazing. And, you know, and it's just one thing after another. It's a weekly thing. And it's all about being confident in who we are in Jesus Christ. Oh my. It is. Oh my. It's confidence. And it's, so awesome. It's spot on what we were saying about the blood of Jesus. Competent, oh. righteousness. We are righteous. We're no longer sinners. We were sinners, but now we're righteous saints. Oh, my. So we're supposed to touch our brothers and sisters and see redemption right there. I think he's starting to preach. It sounds like he's starting to preach here. My. You know, I'm not going to pray for him. I'm asking him to pray for you. You just, now, just be open. Just receive it. You know, who here has seen that many healings? I have not. I want to. I want what Tyler is, is having released by the Holy Spirit into his life and ministry. And here we're led by the young. Someone who hasn't known the Lord that long, but is foolish enough to believe and ready to go for it. So, Tyler, you pray for us now. Mm. And as I was sitting over there, I, um, Prophet Isaiah talks about how the Lord speaks to us. Is one of those ways is phys- physically. Uh, he touches our bodies. And um, as I was sitting over there, I felt like a heavy pressure on my forehead, like a heavy pressure. The Lord says, said, someone has a headache right here, right here. And also I felt pain in my back. So is there anyone in here who has pain in their back or has a headache? Yeah. Why don't you guys stand up and then a couple of you uh, get close to them? Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you got somebody standing near you, just put your hand on the point of need. We're believing. We're believing. Praise your name, God. Did you want? Are you asking for prayer? Okay, put your put your hand on that guy. Yeah, good. Okay. So Jesus, right now we lift every single one of these things up to you. Right now, Jesus, your love cannot be. It cannot be quenched. So right now, we just will claim healing in Jesus' name. Pain, I command you to leave right now. Tell it to go right now in Jesus' name. We open up your kingdom above these people. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done right now. There is no pain in heaven. There is no pain on earth because the kingdom is here. In Jesus' name, there is healing. There is healing in the name of Jesus. We proclaim the blood of Christ over every single one of these people right now. Headaches, I curse you and I command you to leave right now in Jesus' name. Leave in the name of Jesus. Back pain? Back pain, leave right now in Jesus' name. Completely restored. We proclaim restoration in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show you Allah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Release it, Lord. Release it, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. You are the victor. You are the one who heals. You are the one who touches. You are the one who brings deliverance. You are the one who touches backs. You are the one who touches us, takes headaches out of our head, takes pain out of our back. 
Okay, if God touched you and you're at least 60 to 70% better or 100% better, raise both hands. Raise both hands if God touched you. Look at, see if, see if it happened. Move around and see. Move around. Move around. I was just talking to uh, Katie's dad today and he said, I remember the healing I got when I was at Communitas from a, from a back ailment. Anybody else? Anybody else get he- healed? Raise your hands, two hands up if you got healed. S- stay in a place of confidence, a place of overcoming the Lord who always works, who heals all our diseases, the Bible says, and forgives all our iniquity. Well, we know he forgives all our iniquity. And that's in the same sense. says he heals all our diseases. So I'm going to believe him. Okay. Thank you so much, Tyler. Good to, good to. Yeah. Introduce her. Andrea's going to share tonight about what the Lord has given her since last week and before, but especially last week. And um, we've been meeting together a, a few months now, and uh, it's incredible. The Lord has been with her. And you all know what she's gone through with the flood. Now, you'd think someone who has gone through a huge flood in their home and everything has just basically collapsed all around her that at least I probably would say, all right, I give up. But this is not what she's done. Listen up. Oh. My heart is very heavy tonight, um, just like even thinking about speaking the last couple of months have been very hard, and um, tell, I just, <laughs> yes, um, two years, well, I'll just start at the beginning, about a few years ago, for any of you guys who were down um, at One Thing, there was the call with Luengo, and there was a 12-hour prayer meeting that um, he began to uh, talk about abortion and what it would mean for the church if abortion were um, overturned and what that would mean as far as taking women and children and adopting and foster care and all of these things into their home, that it would, it would cause the church to have to rise up to the need. And so he, would a- he was asking everyone in the room to prayerfully ask God what their role was. And I remember sitting on the floor and... God very clearly saying to me that I had, I have a responsibility and that he was going to give me a home that had six bedrooms in it to house women and children. And, um, it seemed, I mean, I'm a single girl and it seems like an overwhelming task to be able to do something like that, even purchase a home by yourself. Um, but about two years later that, uh, dream and vision came true and I have a home that has six bedrooms um, a duplex that's split right down the middle and within I closed on July 27th of 2009 and by the first of September I had a single mom and her baby living with me and so um, the Lord definitely like had his hand on that in the last two years um, really two months ago I uh, had a huge flood um, hit my home and really like destroyed not only the single mom's possessions and things that we had, but all of our utilities in our basement and our entire yard just completely just devastated. And um, a few, yeah, a few days after the flood, I had an insurance adjuster come and tell me that we would not be, um, able to be helped through insurance costs. So everything that has happened since then has been um, God needing to provide for this home that he gave me because um, it has uh, totally rocked my world and even challenged my faith 
in what God is calling me to. And, um, it really has caused me to enter the season of persevering. Sorry. Um, and contending for the very dream and vision that he placed in my heart. And so, um, like there's been many tears and, and crying out to him and asking, Lord, like this is your home. You, you are the provider for your home. Um, but last week when, um, was it Diane was sharing, um, about the communities and like doing things and, and being a witness where you're at. Um, a week prior to that meeting, uh, I had all this wood in my backyard from the flood that needed to get burned and it was just getting taller and taller and taller. And so I was just going to go outside and burn some of it by myself and just spend some time with Jesus by myself. And I lit the fire and like within probably half an hour, there was seven people lined up that I'm in between two section eight housing units on both sides of my house. And there were seven people that came out and just stood alongside the the apartment complex, and I was like, are they waiting for somebody? Are they, like, going to leave? And after they had stood there for, like, five or ten minutes, I was like, do you guys just want to come over? <laughs> like, do you want to sit by the fire? And they're like, yes, thank you. <laughs> and so these people just came and sat down by the fire, and then more neighbors came, and then three kids from the neighborhood came, and were there for five and a half hours um, sitting and telling me their stories of abuse and car accidents and things that have just rocked their lives and the loneliness that they just wanted somebody to listen and enjoy conversation with. And um, I began to be able to share about my faith and why I bought the home and, and what the purpose is that God brought me there. And, and they had all left around 1130 at night. And, um, I was just meditating on like what had just happened. And, um, the lady that had just been out there, she was an older woman. She came back down and she goes, do you mind if I just sit here a little while longer? I just had so much fun tonight. Can I just sit with you for a while longer? And, and so I got to hear even more about her story and like what God was doing in her life. And I began, I mean, this woman is like the least of these, like what the world would think of as an outcast. Um, and I just began to see like the beauty and the glory of God on her life. And like my heart just began to break and be like, I want to be the reason. I want to have the influence on this woman's life that I will see her someday in the gates of heaven when they fling wide. And like the beauty like I can't even describe like the beauty I saw in her face and um and so um when Diane spoke last week this like burning in my heart just began for what I already knew like my house was meant to be was a blessing not only for these women and children but for my community and um and I I have just been feeling like the Lord just wants me to open up my yard to ministry and whether that's a bonfire once a month, whether that's having a soup kitchen in my garage, um, these people, <laughs> or once a day, they, they would come. Um, like the need is really great. Like these people are poor. They're, they're unhappy. They're lonely. They're on disability. They're, they're single moms and kids. They're just, they don't have anyone that they talk to. They just sit in their apartments all day long. And, um, and as this week has progressed, there has just been this like urgency in my spirit, um, even even for things like foster care. Like I feel like the Lord literally has like a birthing in me to begin pursuing having like having inviting children into my home and caring for their needs. But um, the last piece of this is that uh, when I bought my home. Uh, Part of the reason that I just fell in love with it was that I walked up to the top level, which is the attic, an A-frame attic, and it's completely open, and all there is is just rafters up there, and I just felt like the presence of God rested there as a place of intercession, as a house of prayer, as a place where there would be ministry and intercession for the city, 
for that community and that there would be souls saved in that community because of the prayer and worship that would go out from there. It's completely unfinished and it seems like a, a need that's greater than I can um, accomplish on my own, especially now after the flood. Like it was something that I was like looking towards in finishing, but like as the flood like just came in like <laughs> so strongly, um, it seems like it, it's becoming like more of a distant thing, but I, I don't believe that. I don't believe it is. I believe that God has things coming very soon, very quickly. And, um, I feel like this flood, um, has just in this week of processing has represented not only like, yeah, like in the physical, it was devastation, but in the spiritual, I feel like it represents like this flooding of souls of into this area, into this city, and that there is going to be an increase of God's spirit that just rests on all people to begin witnessing, to begin evangelizing, to not even necessarily being pursuing it, but it's coming to you. And, um, and I feel like the fire of God, like that they were drawn to this fire, like they're drawn to the fire inside of us. And what God is going to begin doing throughout this Twin Cities area is just going to burst forth in places that we can't even imagine. That's right. So. Let's just uh, put your hands out towards Hendria now. We're going to pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're in charge. You're in charge of this vision. And you are in charge. I feel that there are more visions to be birthed. That's right. And, That's right. Uh, this is just the beginning. Father, thank you. It is because of you and because of your glory we want to see this happening for your glory. Yeah. Yes. To meet the yes. needs of people, yes. Father. Thank you. Yes. That your Holy Spirit is the one that's going to give strength for this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to put in the update what her needs are. She needs some guys to come over and help her finish that room. So <clears throat> here's where community comes in. Obviously, she can't do it. How much was the finances from the flood? How, what was the total? Around 15,000, you know, there's a lot of needs here, but there's a vision. And you probably heard people say, where there is vision, there is provision. And we believe God's going to take care of that because he's already started to. But that may be through you. And so afterwards, Andrea will just be here. And if God is speaking to you about helping her, just going over some night, a group of us just go over and do what we can do to help or to connect with the neighbors as they come. What a wonderful thing to do, to help fulfill a destiny. My, it's thrilling. Let's give her a hand. You know, she's a worship leader, and she's been helping us with worship uh, at the 630. And can't you just hear the worship that's going to be going out oh from that home? Oh, my. More ways than one. Yeah. Where do you live, Andrea? North St. Paul. That's it. <clears throat> Hope some of you can talk to her afterwards. I'm going to preach now, and you know I don't. And I'm not going to take long. I think I can do it in 45 minutes. <laughs> Nervous laughter. Make it now. Make it now. I'll do it okay, in five I have a minutes. Short announcement. Um, we got an email saying, help, we have 25 Japanese non-Christians at the U of M uh, that need friendship. So that's called friendship evangelism. What an opportunity. Um, you know, speaking of Diane, hearing her last week and to the word go. Um, if you have... Just pray about it, and if you have that desire to reach out to Japanese students, they do speak English, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, then see, uh, well, either myself and Karis, my daughter Karis and Becca, could you stand up and just wave a hand? Now, Becca just came from Crete, 
And she's our welcome back. And she's an evangelist herself. She's done mission work over there and get to know her. Um, And my son Israel, he just came back from our son Israel, just came back from California. Hey, come over here, Israel. Wait. Well, okay. Most everyone knows him, Israel David. He will also be going. uh, We'll have an announcement maybe next week. um, Ritsuko. Uh, Most of you know Ritsuko. She's our Japanese friend that comes here. And it'll here. be in the update. It'll be in the update. So. Great opportunity. Dozo, dozo, minasan, dozo, Easy to connect. Which means please come. Play ping pong with them. <laughs> That's right. They're going to play. I played with them last time. Take this half sheet of paper. And we're going to read it together. If you don't have a pencil or a pen, uh, Grab one from your neighbor. <clears throat> what we want to do, turn the lights on in the back. And see, turn these lights on here. Uh, I want you to fill this out. We want to help you do the Word of God. Because if we hear the Word of God and we don't do it, what's happening? James 1 says, we are deceiving ourselves. And we don't want you to deceive yourself. So we don't want to give messages and then don't allow a chance to step it out, to do something specific. We've heard some opportunities for specific responses that people are making tonight. And that's what we want you to be thinking about. So write down now the names of lost people that you know. Get as many on the sheet as you can. Do not look at me now. They're not written up here. Look down at the paper. Stare at the paper. Get names of human beings that you know and write them down. If you've already done that, then number two is those names that you pray for, that you you. On a regular basis, pray for. Does anybody need paper? Do you need paper in the back? Do you? Is there any extra paper? Yes, Yes, there is. Bring it to the back. I don't want to see any eyeballs. I only want to see the tops of heads. If you need a pen, we've got pens around. We've got more. Does anyone raise your hand if you do not have a piece of paper? This is not for sharing. It's not your neighbor. It's not your friend. There's somebody in the kitchen that needs one. My hope is that you'll carry this in your Bible or you'll put it on if you have a prayer list. I have a prayer list. And on that prayer list, I have unsaved people. Now, we're going to move along, but I want you to uh, come back to that. I hope you do it later on tonight or tomorrow. Go on to number two, people that you pray for on a regular basis. I don't mean once a month. I mean regularly, several times a week, hopefully. Who do you pray for regularly that will come to faith in Jesus Christ? George Mueller prayed for 19 years for someone to come to faith, and they came to faith. What a victory to be praying, enduring. Jesus Jesus said, men are always to pray and not give up. My, he didn't give up. The person was saved. Dwight L. Moody was praying for some people to be saved. And uh, either three or four of them were saved during his ministry. The last one was saved at his funeral. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't that wonderful? Okay, now, think creatively. Of those people, who do you think you could personally influence and how? What could you do to touch those people? Diane said something that I identified with. When I was in high school, people knew I was a Christian. But I didn't talk about faith in Jesus Christ. They wrote things in the yearbook that... They, they said, we knew that there was something about you. What I wish they would have said 
is you led us to Jesus. I wasn't in a position where I was doing that. I wasn't talking about Jesus. They knew I was different, but I wish I would have told them. Now I'm much more free to tell people. And so I wrote down my testimony, and I got as many addresses as I could find of, of those that I graduated with from Costa Mesa High School, and I just sent it to them. Send them a testimony, because I failed. I want to want to take whatever chance. What what could you do? Could you write a letter? Is there somebody you could write a letter to, or could you call somebody? Could you could you give somebody just a little booklet or a tract? What can you do? Think about it now. Think about what you're going to do. See, God is going to bless your your willingness to step out and do something. You've heard some testimonies tonight. You know there's power for those who step out and do this stuff. What could you do? Is there an act that you could do? I was blessed yesterday because a few days before, I invited a neighbor to our house church. I said, maybe you already have a church. If you don't have a church, we'd love to have you. And she said, well, I go to Mass early in the morning over at St. Something. Or other. I can't remember the name. And I said, well, that's great. That's good. Then then you don't need to come here. But I, we wanted to do something. So I told the guys uh, yesterday morning, I said, today, this afternoon, I'm going to go over there if any of you want to come with me. And Fred went with me. As I was, uh, we were edging. We were we were edging. I don't think it had been edged for, literally, for years. Because I've lived here for 16. I've never seen it edged. And finally, I edged it a couple of years ago. But then it, it grew back, of course. And uh, so I told her I'd do it one of these days. And so as I was doing this, I said, God, I didn't have much time with you this morning. I didn't get much prayer. And he says, you're praying now. I just felt so thankful that the Lord was taking what we were doing. Was that fun, Fred, or was that? Was that I felt it was the best spent hour. I, it was about an hour and 15 minutes. I'm sure one, never had that much fun edging before. <laughs> That's true. It's just fun to do acts of mercy to, to other people. And, and I hope in the days ahead, in the weeks ahead, we get, we get mount, mount up with them. Because the Bible calls us to word and to work. Let your light so shine before men that they may see. What? See your good works. See, you can see a work. You can't see a word, but you can see a work. And she saw the impact of that work. And so I'm hoping that she's a good neighbor. She's a wonderful neighbor. Maybe that'll touch her in a way that other things didn't. What can you do for somebody? That's how David Young's show built his church. He said, don't, you don't have to talk to him. If you, if you first want to do the works, you'll get a chance to do the work. And that happened. It happened over and over again, th- literally thousands of times, as they carried people's groceries for him up into their seventh floor of their apartment in Korea. They did things for people, took time out from their schedule as Christians to walk across the street or walk across the city and do something of love, compassionate. Jesus did that. Turn to Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. He was just passing through. It doesn't appear like he's stopping. He's on his way. Where's he going? It's Luke 19. Where is he going? He's going to the cross. There's nothing more important. It's burning in his heart. He has his, his heart steadfastly set to go to Jerusalem. This was the last person he led to himself before he went. And he could have missed it. But as he was passing through, that's what it says, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. What do we know about this man? Well, we know he's chief tax collector. If you're a Jew, you don't aspire to be a tax collector. That isn't your destiny. It's not your dream. When I grew up, Mom, I want to be a tax collector. Because that means social, intellectual, spiritual suicide. You're cut off from your friends. Notice here, he's cut off. He doesn't belong. And he was a rich one. There's a reason the Bible says that. Didn't say that about Matthew. He was a rich tax collector. It says about Zacchaeus. He was doing well. I mean, he figured, if I'm going to be a tax collector, I'm going to be a rich one. 
I'm going to get what I can. Well, you basically stole in order to be rich. There was one other thing about him that says what? Short. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. The crowds often keep us from Jesus. Man, it kept this guy from Jesus. A crowd that didn't like him. A crowd that just would rather have said, get lost. We don't even want you around. You're a sinner. And there are those in the club that say, if you believe, you can belong. Jesus reverses that. He says, I'll, t- I'll make you belong so you can believe. He brings them in. That's what Christians do. They love people. They let them know, you belong. You can be here. You can be here just like you are because Jesus loves you and He's going to do something in your life. So when Jesus reached the spot, now He's on His way to die. What would cause Jesus to stop on His way to the cross? I'll tell you, a Zacchaeus. And He stopped. And He looked up and said, Zacchaeus. They had, they knew his name, but they didn't, they had other names for Zacchaeus. Dirty rotten tax collector. Or other names. But Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. I must be at your house. There was a, there was a divine urgency in the heart of Jesus. I gotta do it. Man, my heart is longing to show you that you really are a son of Abraham. See, it ends by saying Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Seeking is a strong word. Seeking is not a passive word. I mean, Jesus is going after him. And he's going after Zacchaeus. Doesn't that bless you? He's going after one guy in Jericho on his way to the cross that really he he wanted to bring in to the kingdom. I must stay at your house today. Not tomorrow, not sometime. Hey, yeah, we'll get together sometime. Do you ever say that? I, I, I'm convicted that there are times I've said that because I wanted to put it off and I really didn't want to do it today. That's why I say, yeah, let's get together sometime. Hope it's not too soon. Jesus said, today. Come on down. Let's go. Let's get together. Now, you got three different responses. Verse 7 and 8 and 9. Three different responses. First, the response of the crowd. All the people saw this and began to... Okay, mutter. How do you mutter? Is there anybody that can help us mutter? How do you mutter? Oh, there's a lot of muttering going on. Whoa, there's a lot of muttering. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Oh my. And Jesus loved being with sinners. How could the Holy One of Israel be with sinners and then be comfortable with Him? How is that possible that the most holy person could be with sinners and they didn't feel out of place? They felt out of place with religious people because religious people sometimes are not of the world. I mean, not in the world, but they're of the world. You know, they're worldly, but they're still religious. Well, that's the worst kind of religion to be in. Jesus was in the world, but he wasn't of it. And he could be with sinners. And they felt attracted to him. Of his fullness, we have all received. What did they receive? What rubbed off on him? Grace. My, I want grace to rub off on people when I'm with sinners. Don't you? Don't you want grace? My, I don't feel condemned. I feel, I feel grace is rubbing off. Okay, that was their response. Here's Zacchaeus' response. Notice now Jesus has, as far as we know, he hasn't witnessed to him yet. Now, maybe he has, but doesn't say he has. Here's Zacchaeus. Just being with Jesus, he says, he stood up. Oh my, this is going to be important. He's not sitting down, relaxing and saying this. He stands up. He's going to make a declaration. Here's what he says. Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, come on, we know you have, Zacchaeus. We know you have. He said, I will pay it four times. Oh, my. Something's got happened in his heart. Here's a guy. You know, can you imagine when he starts doing that, when he starts giving back four times, he goes around the neighborhood? I, I wonder if revival broke out in Jericho because of a heart of a sinner that got changed. And here's the third response. Here's, here's Jesus. Today. Isn't that a great word? 
today. Salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. What if Jesus wanted to keep on seeking through you? What if he's assigned you to win somebody and he is seeking that person now through you and he's already prepared them and you're the person who's going to clinch it? My, I think, Andrea, that there are some people that are going to come to know the Lord because he wants to use your heart. You love those people. You care about them. Anybody you love? Anybody you want to reach? Anybody you're talking to Jesus about? Anybody, uh, any of you soccer girls, uh, six, six of you over there on County Road D that you're thinking of neighbors, any, anybody that you've met, any relatives? We're going to go see our relatives in a, in a few weeks now. I've been praying for years for a few of them. And maybe this is the opportunity God's going to give me to say something about Jesus. My, oh, my. Please finish this and then, uh, Put it together. We're going to take communion now together uh, to kind of bring it home to our hearts. Andrew, could you come and lead us? Jesus invites us Jesus invites us into a relationship. What a wonderful story that is. That's not about morals, even though that's we we get that, you know. We get a changed life. You can come come bring the uh the bread and the wine up and um Yeah, just hold on to it just for for a moment here. And so, I don't know if that song earlier was planned or not, but as as we were singing about the blood, that it's it's by His blood that uh, we are made whole, and you know we can we can enter into this through what He's done. And so, I'm just going to invite all of us right now. As we are already in relationship with God and He invites us into His His family, He invites us to, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to um, just examine ourselves. And this is not something that you do alone. You're doing this with His help. You're doing this as a friend. Um, and you're doing this with the help of the Holy Spirit. He invites us to examine ourselves as as we receive Him. And so I just... I invite you to just close your eyes if that helps. You can keep them open too. And just ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there anything that you would like me to give you tonight? So, Heavenly Father, we give you ourselves. We consecrate ourselves tonight. And I thank you, God, that on the night that you were betrayed, you took bread. And after he had given thanks, you broke it and gave it to his disciples. Gave it to us, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. In the same manner, after supper, he took the cup. said, this blood is the new covenant of my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Those that know it, let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And give us this temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We're going to distribute the wine and the bread, and and it's juice, so grape juice. Perhaps he'll turn it into wine. And for for those that who don't know Jesus, you know this is a, a meal that we celebrate together as part of being in his family and uh, if you feel that you've made that commitment to him and said yes to him feel free to to share in this meal with us together so and uh, as the wine and bread is distributed you can just Meditate on the Lord and uh, feel free to share in that um, as God leads you. So, give you permission to, to drink it now if you like, or if you want to wait, you can do that until everyone has. Has everyone been served? I see head nodding in the back. I'm just going to proclaim a, a blessing over you now. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ be at work within you. His power, His life, His presence. To life everlasting. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to have a time of ministry. Invite uh, prayer ministers to come up. I know Levi is on the team tonight. If there are a couple others that could come and join him up here. If God is speaking to you about something He's calling you to do, like last week it was strong for Andrea, if there's, if there's a destiny you know, if there's a dream in your heart that you know He wants to fulfill, and maybe it's been discouraged, 
maybe situations in life have discouraged it and you think maybe it won't happen. I know we have a guest here, Kita. Her dream was for a barn. It's a 20-year-old dream that she'd have a barn, barn that was used to worship and praise the Lord. What a strange, crazy dream with that. What's that all about? Well, it's starting to happen. God fulfilled the dream. It died. Sometimes dreams go into the ground and die. And then they rise up. So we believe that God is a God who gives dreams. He gives destinies to people. And he wants to fulfill those. So we want to pray with those. So what we're going to do in a moment, we're just going to either invite you to come forward. If you simply want to receive prayer, if you're not in a position right now where you feel you want to be giving prayer, you just want to be on the receiving end, then it would be good for you just to step forward. There will be people here. There are two here. I think there should be at least four. So if a couple of the other prayer ministers could be up here in front, ready to receive people who pray. We need at least four. I can count three now. We need at least one more. Okay, there's four. If you want to come, Andy, that means five. Good. Because if we have two, then we'll get two people to come up. So we. Okay, but then what you're going to do is if, if you want to be on the receiving end and the giving end, that you're going to just spin around groups of two or three. You're just going to have a time of prayer. After we've had maybe five, ten minutes, then uh, I'll I'll go up with the newbies. If you're new here, do it. Did we have the drawing yet, Cat, or when do we? Oh, Phil, you're the big winner, Phil. So when you come up for the newbie uh, meeting in about ten minutes or so, you get this. Maybe we could do it together. I mean, you and I could we could go out together and, and share it. You know, pretty neat. He was writing it when I said, you might be the winner, Phil. Boy, was that prophetic. Okay. You and me, Phil, we'll just stick together. So we're just going to spin around, just groups of two or three, and we're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray for what we heard tonight. Pray that we'll be healing people, that we'll be seeking and saving the lost, that God will give us stories in the days ahead. Of his powerful work. But if you want to come up instead, you just come up. Thank you, God, for all that you spoke tonight, all that you did, even during the worship time, how you touched our hearts, how you drew us closer to Jesus. Will you continue that work now as we are in an attitude of, of prayer? Bless the time of ministry, Lord. Touch our hearts, we pray. There's also food. Upstairs, that you, you, uh, we already, we just had food now, but we get food upstairs. And, uh, after a little time of prayer, why don't you come on up and I uh, get some food. This, after a few moments, after we've had prayer here, then this becomes the prayer room. And if you want to just have a time of talking together, there's lots of room upstairs, but this turns into a prayer room until there are no more people to pray. And we'll invite you just to, Come up. It's no more holy to be here and pray. If you want to come up and fellowship, that's just as holy as it is to uh, be here. And then uh, you newbies can come and we can get together. Okay. Spin around.